Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith-infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare. Hello, hello. You are Journeying with Judy right here on the Journey with Judy podcast. I am your host, Judy Hare, and our topic tonight is no regrets. No regrets, not even one regret. In order to have not even one regret, that means we need to get past the past. Now, my friends, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you have a lot of things going on upstairs when I say the word regret. So I gotta give you some some clarity around regret. I am not talking about the regret like I have, which is number one, when I sucked up more than one sock in the vacuum, not that kind of regret. Not the kind of regret that I got three parking tickets in the same day in the same town because I just kept forgetting to put money in the meter. Not the kind of regret that when I couldn't find my contact and it was literally hanging in my hair and my daughter's like, you can't find it in your eye because it's hanging in your hair. And then my ultimate not kind of regret to share tonight is when I got pulled over I kind of rolled through a stop sign and there was a police officer there and I kind of looked at him and like gave him like a nod and I made the turn and all of a sudden he turned his lights on. So then he came up to my car and I was like, what, what, what do you, what's going on? And he's like, you totally rolled through the stop sign. And I go, yeah. And like, we had a thing. Like I gave you a little nod and he's like, there's no thing license and registration. So I was like, well, I don't have a registration. And so then I gave him my license. Okay, guys, I'm a little irresponsible in some ways because he thought it was such a big deal that my driver's license had expired 10 years before. So I did not get a new driver's license for 10 years. And so he said to me, is this your current address? And I said, ah, I haven't lived there in 10 years. 
And I said, wait a minute, that's even my married, that's not even my married name. So I never changed my driver's license, nor did I get, so here's my mom. Isn't she so cute? I have to pause this recording. Guys, so it's not even that kind of regret because this kind of regret that I'm talking about tonight is when we have, we're sad, we're disappointed. Um, what we did cannot be undone or what we didn't do, we can't go back and be able to do. So does anyone, anybody want to take a guess on how many, what's a percentage of people who have regrets? I'm going to pause the recording. The fact of the matter is 85%. Now this could be an old poll and all of you could be right. And since I don't really believe in participation trophies, all of you are not the winners. You cannot be the winners. Okay, so here's the thing. It's this thing that keeps you awake at night. It's this thing that can actually be a paralyzer in your life, this kind of regret. You don't even know it at the conscious level, somehow deep down, unconsciously or subconsciously, there's this thing that we can't get past. So when my kids were younger, they used to play video games and I would hear them saying, I owned that. Like they owned it, right? I schooled it, I owned it. And that got me thinking to this thing about regret. Like it can absolutely own us. Regret can absolutely own us. The other thing it can do is it can follow us. See, when we have a regret that is not resolved, it owns us and it can follow us. One of my fav favorite quotes as my kids were growing up was, the present will someday be in your past and your past will always find itself in your future. So the present will someday be in your past and your past will be present in your future. Now, don't we all wish we knew that when we were big like making some big regrets because if we could do it over we would do it over and if we're thinking about it tonight we might even be thinking I, I don't even remember those things i would propose that not remembering them at a conscious level is not the same as not knowing that it happened and that we are harboring some kind of regret so if we could get past the past we would and here's what's so interesting is it actually can be helpful to have regrets. In the kingdom of God, everything gets turned upside down. So that makes a lot of sense according to Jesus. So I know many of you could not relate to one of the regrets I shared with you. So maybe you can regret or regret, regret some of these regrets. Here's the biggest regrets. I wish I had been more loving. I wish I had been a better spouse, parent, or child. I wish I worked less, was happier, lived, can't read my own writing, oh, lived their dream. Uh, another one was, I wish I had taken better care of myself. Another regret was, I wish I did more for others. And lastly, I wish I chose meaningful work. So if regret is a feeling, of remorse, sorrow, disappointment, because you've decided that something has been lost, something has been missed, something has been done or can't be undone. That's the kind of regret we're talking about tonight. So 
as I mentioned, it's not the, well, I should have, would have, could have done this one thing. It is the fact that your world could be completely different if you did, right? It's not that I, I, I shouldn't have, wouldn't have, couldn't have. It's that if you did do it, your whole world would be different. And here, the whole spectrum, it always applies to everything, financial, relational, spiritual, academic, professional, all, every area of our life has an opportunity to have some things we wish we could do over. And so when we're, when we have regret, we're saying like, I know, I know the mess that I made. I, I read a quote earlier today that said, we spend half of our life making messes and the other half blaming other people for them. And then we start cleaning them up ourselves after we accept responsibility. So half of our life we're making messes and the other half we're cleaning up the messes we make. Because here's the thing about regrets. There's a consequence. There's an outcome. There's typically an unintended impact that if we knew that we knew that we knew that our present, which would someday be in our past and that past would be present in our future, then that means maybe if we knew better, then, then we could do better, right? So if we knew better, we can do better. This is the kind of thing that you can't undo. You can't undo it. You can't go back and change it. You can't get out from underneath the weight of it. Like it, it's that heavy. And here's what's so beautiful about the word of God. So Paul was like the, Paul had almost as much of a PhD as me when it comes to this topic. Like all that makes you an expert is experience. And if you got a lot of experience in regret, just call yourself like a PhD in regret. So Paul was like the biggest regretter ever. And here's what he said. He wrote this letter in this, to the Corinthians, second book of Corinthians. And here's what he said. Even if I made you sorry with my letter, I don't even regret it. Because I did regret it initially. And now I see that my letter has grieved you though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice. Now, not because you were grieved, but because your grieving led you to repentance. And because your repentance is what can lead you to salvation. So Paul is basically saying, you know how we do that and we don't say it out loud? Like we say we're sorry, we're really not sorry. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, I wrote you that letter, it made you so sad and I'm super glad because I knew that I knew that I knew that ultimately you would circle back around and you would recognize and realize that grief or regrets, godly sorrow, leads to repentance and repentance leads to salvation. So it says godly grief produces repentance, but worldly grief produces death. So maybe not literal death. Maybe not literal death, but definitely doubt, definitely discouragement, and definitely despair. So when we are carrying around a bucket of regret, disappointments, things we wish we could have, should have, and would have done, Paul says that's perfect because that's where God comes in. He's in the business of turning regrets into repentance. So here's the deal. Godly sorrow is when we're disappointed, we're hurt, 
we're saddened and we're grieved because we have saddened and grieved God. That kind of godly sorrow. That's when we're sorry. You know how, like those of you who are in a relationship or have children, you know how you wanted your kids or your spouse or your person to be sorry? You didn't want them just to say they were sorry. You wanted them to actually be sorry. And when you couldn't get that, you would just settle for, or at least just say it. Just say you're sorry. Even if you don't mean it, just say it. Well, here's what Paul is saying. He said, this sorrow can be godly or it can be worldly. Because if it's godly, it's rooted in the truth of who God is and of who you are. See, worldly sorrow is, I am regretting that because I got caught. I'm regretting that because I'm exposed. I'm regretting that because I looked silly, right? Worldly sorrow is rooted and finds its foundation in pride and ego. And we all know that ego stands for edging God out of there. Like there's no room for God when we have pride. So worldly sorrow, I got caught and it's costing me more than I thought. Godly sorrow, on the other hand, says, in the light of truth, I come to you in safety, in comfort. Make sense? So one brings about guilt, shame, fear, doubt, condemnation, never, ever, no matter whatever are those from God. The other brings about salvation and repentance and an awareness that that thing or that bucket of things does not define you. It need not confine you or define you. Rather, it is a reminder. It is there to remind you that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So the mess ends up being the message. See, that's the crazy part. The mess ends up being the very message. The thing that we hide from, the thing that we don't want people to know, the thing that we would die if we'd heard it got exposed, is the very thing that God wants to bring out of the darkness, not to shame you, not to blame you, rather to take that weight off of you and be able to say, that, that's not who you are. That's just what you did or didn't do. It's not who you are, it's just what you did. And in the kingdom of God, that is just such profound truth. Because we get tripped up, my friends. We get tripped up believing lies. That was the opening prayer, like help us to be truth tellers and lie dispellers. We gotta know the truth to tell the truth. And we are living right now in a world where the truth has become a lie and a lie has become a truth and we're not even sure what to believe and who, if anyone, is even telling the truth. This, on the other hand, is the word of God. I tell my kids, this is what I'm gonna leave them when I die. They weren't happy about that. They're gonna be happy someday. This is my Bible. This is the answer to every question and the solution to every problem. How could you not even? My daughter's on the call and she said, how cool. Yes, you could have the Bible, only because you're on the call, sweetheart. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal, my friends is back to the owning it, right? That I owned that. When we own our stuff, when we revisit and when we remember and when we bring from the darkness into the light, 
It no longer confines us. It no longer defines us. See, sorrow is this thing. It's this, it's this platform. So it, it's almost like a stepping stool to God. So when we're, we're feeling a godly sorrow and we have a repentant heart, then ultimately that can and does lead to salvation. See, little story. Uh, we have our son move back home with us. And when I said to my man, guess what? Our son's moving back home. Because this is a Christian um, call, I can't even tell you the text message that he said back. It had a couple letters. And anyway, it didn't seem like he was super excited. And so I reminded my man that our son is probably saying the same letters about coming home because the plan wasn't to come back home once you left, my friends. You know that statement that said, hey, if we knew better, we would do better. Well, for the last couple weeks, we have had countless hours of conversation with a young man who has been confined and has been defined by decisions, um, by results, by fear and doubt and shame. And I got a chance to do it better. My man and I are crushing this thing, being able to go, oh, 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 babe, I know it seemed like that. I know it looked like that. And if we're being honest, it totally was like that. However, now we know better. So now we can do better because the number one regret, not mine, not because of my contact sucking up the sock in the vacuum cleaner or getting three tickets in the same day, not that kind of regret. The kind of regret that said, I wish I had been more loving. See, I wish I loved harder. I wish I loved less conditionally. I wish I, I loved me enough to love my kids and my man and my family better. See, this godly sorrow says you did the best you could with what you had. And now I want to pour in something bigger and something better that you could ever even ask, dream, or imagine. And so even though I was never a big fan of like when they leave, they leave, see you later, bye. And I said, dad and I were kind of digging, you know, the, the empty nester. Empty nester means you ain't here and we are. That's what that means. And now this whole thing has turned around and God has made this beautiful opportunity to go visit the past and to dig up some things that we didn't even know. Because remember, the regrets are unconscious. They're subconscious, but I can promise you they are playing out in everything that you think, say, and do. And so we got some real healing taking place, and I am so grateful to God for godly sorrow, for a repentant heart, and for the ability to be sanctified, even though I don't even deserve it. So you gotta love that. Amen and amen. Thank you for choosing the journey with Judy. I invite you to connect anytime on any platforms. Please follow me if you so desire. And it is never, ever too late to be who God has called you to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit judyhair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be.
Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox.